Dude, we are finally back on Google Play. I know. We did it. I am like, I, I am just like, life is effort, perseverance, grit. I went back and forth in emails with Google Play support and Squarespace support for like two months of like, okay, I think I've done it. Please recall. It's not there. Oh, it's showing up here. Well, I know I just did that. Why is it still there? Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Finally. What was it? Yesterday, two days ago, 6 p.m., Google Play finally has two of our episodes. Fuck yeah. Ugh. Well, 20 listeners we're going to get from that. Everything is quite uh, fragile in the podcast world still. It really is. It's amazing that nobody's come out with a all-in-one or that I haven't seen the all-in-one, you know, super podcaster, uh, audio editing, setup, posting, you know, desktop app. It's got to be in the works somewhere. I guarantee someone's making it. Yeah, I think Anchor's kind of trying to be it, but I don't think they do all of it yet. You do think like, where is the YouTube of podcasting? And you'd think it would be easier because like YouTube does audio and the video. <laughs> all we need is a just an audio one. Right. That has amazing features and links to like guest hosts and, uh, you know, networks people together and makes it easier to discover and has all kinds of, rec- you know, better uh, recommendation systems for, hey, you've listened to these five and... You seem to like Merlin Mann. He's also on Irreconcilable Differences. Check it out, you know? Mm-hmm. None of that. It's just like a wild west of RSS feeds. Right. That's the other thing, too, is podcasting still feels built on this old internet stuff, RSS. You got to, like, dig into the XML. got to host things, right? You're talking about, like, servers and posting, you know, capital P, capital O, capital S, capital T post. Uh <laughs> And yeah, it just feels like it's built on the back of a lot of like ancient internet. I mean, it is free and it is open. That's what I love about podcasting. We're not beholden to a a YouTube kind of uh, infrastructure because the Mm -hmm. monetization of whatever that going to be is going to be similar to YouTube, I imagine. This is what Stitcher, I believe, is trying to do is running ads like over other people's content, just like YouTube. Yeah. And it's amazing that like, it was a Joe Rogan or Bill Burr that was like all up in arms about this of Stitcher running ads against his podcasts without giving him a cut or like giving him, you know, any say in the matter. And and I was mm. I was very much on that side. I was very much like, you know, I listen to podcasts and all of the ads in those are all ad reads, right? They're all, you know, endorsements. They all feel part of the show or kind of sanctioned by the show. It doesn't feel like it's some other layer that's augmenting the show with ads. And so I was like very much like, oh, you can't just like, you know, run ads over my content, um, mm-hmm. you know, on this platform. Like if Apple started running ads over my podcast, I would be pissed. But YouTube, yeah. YouTube, that's like the whole YouTube business model. And we've been totally okay with that for a decade. <laughs> that they run ads over people's content. I think there's some differences though. Like I think, um, you know, one on YouTube, there's also people do do their own ads also in video. Mm-hmm. So YouTube might do a pre-roll on your ad or a mid-roll. But then you also can have a sponsorship that you do just like you would on a podcast. And the other difference I think there is that's already how TV was. You were used to your television show being interrupted for three minutes of ads and then, okay, back to the show. It's still less ads than you saw on TV. Whereas for podcasts and radio, that's not the case, right? The advertising was, I guess for radio, there was like full ad breaks. But for podcasting, it was, it started as always read by the host in the in the episode Mm -hmm. and i would bet still like even if like yeah i'm fine with mid-rolls happening if if stitcher wants to do mid-rolls or something like that 
I would I would totally guess though that ads that are read by the host and approved by the host are more effective ads and yeah. are more convincing. You know, because I do think people like CGP Gray and Brady Heron, obviously. I'm sure they're not a fan of a super fan of every product they sponsor, but I also do trust them enough that I don't think they would just read an ad for a shitty product. Yeah. So there is some like filtering there. And then a lot of times the hosts put like their like funny spunk into whatever the ad read is. And it's kind of fun to enjoy the ad reads in some shows. I question how successful those mid rolls can even be for, for podcasts. Having Dan Harmon read me on these ads. Like where he talks about the warmth of his balls. <laughs> Those are great. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> just super drunk on stage. Just like, and they'll just chime in, yeah. you know, right after the most inappropriate time. They'll be like, you know, they'll yeah. be talking about something <laughs> super serious like sexual assault. And like, Wait. <laughs> it pauses and then they chime in. This episode is brought to you by MeUndies. <laughs> I love uh, Joe Rogan's MeUndies ads. I love all of Joe Rogan's ads. He, he does quite a bit right at the front. But he'll be like, ooh wee, hot damn folks. I got some soft underwear on right now. You have no idea how cozy I am in this bar stool. That's because I'm wearing me undies. <laughs> just like Joe Rogan just like gets really into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't think we'll ever run ads on the show. I just can't imagine doing that. Can't imagine reading ads. It just feels like it's like an adulteration in, in some in unspeakable way. But, you know, and, and it, just like it would feel uh, totally horrible if Chapo read an ad for some product you know oh like, that would that would be bad yeah, yeah. and there'd be there'd be fucking podcast riots you know i'm not sure what what form yeah. those podcast riots would take probably just angry posts on twitter but i think if chopper read an ad like it would just it would just destroy the whole idea of the show and i think uh obviously yeah. we're not we're not at chopper levels of marxism but <laughs> i think that it's kind of <laughs> antithetical um we kind of do free advertising obviously we like suggest products and things we use and so if one of those products reached out to us it would be a conversation to have but i can't imagine monetizing the show by like running pre-roll ads that seems lame i don't know ryan i'm trying to sell this puppy out as soon as possible we're <laughs> gonna have to have a shareholder meeting yes because i'm about to put ads in every freaking possible space <laughs> we'll fill it up and i've got a, i've got a banner ad wait till our white website is covered in banner ads the cheap ones too not the good ones i want I, I want to like get in the same networks as the advertisers on like porn websites. Yeah. Just the worst of the worst boner pills, you know, I want all of that. Yeah. I want old school pop-up ads with a fake X that you can't click out of. Yes. That takes you to some yes. malware. If you click the X, those are, that's how yeah. you, that's how we turn this baby into some money. <laughs> yeah. And then we, then we just installed uh, crypto mining machines onto people's uh, computers and that's just the way to do it these days. That's what you got to do. Hey. It's a, it's, it's a dog eat dog world just trying to make a buck okay this is my content yeah. don't watch it if you don't want it okay don't this, watch it free yeah, no country. one's asking you to watch this yeah you don't have to come here and comment on my thing my free thing that i'm putting out <laughs> you don't have to come here <laughs> no but i think the patreon model is great i think yeah you know people for like sam harris if they want to do their own kind of donate on the website you know basically basically make their own patreon this is what louis did too is he put his comedy specials up on his website for like five bucks and she's like yeah let's just have people buy it for five bucks like they'll do that obviously that only works for if you're like gigantic you know if we put these up for a dollar a piece no one would buy them and rightfully so i wouldn't buy them i wouldn't just i'm like coming across a new podcast and they you know they're like make charging me right up front i'm like well fuck you there's tons of free content out there like there's a race to the bottom buddy yeah <laughs> But I do like the mm. subscription model and Twitch too. Twitch, it just like feels good to subscribe to 
people you like, you know, just like throw them a five buck donation or whatever. It's like, yeah. hey, I've watched like 20 hours of your content. You know, here's a few dollars. Um, keep it up. Like, this is cool. It's just you in a room, yeah. you know, and you're like talking about your life. And you're like, yeah, I make, you know, a little bit of money from Twitch and I like it. And I have a community here and friends and whatever. It's just like an online thing that self-perpetuates it. Um, and so I think that's just like a much better model for like the world, really. Or just yeah. content in general. Yeah. And there's also value in um, the audiences, like these different shows build. Like there's, there's value in that. What the, so like the audience might not be paying for the content, but that, you know, influencer, hate that word, whatever you want to call them, is building an audience of people that listen to them that, you know, then you can do, you know, there's, there's other ways to make money around that, that I don't think have to be as deceptive as ads. Um, you know, directing people's attention towards things. I don't know. Advertising also just feels inherently manipulative. That's the whole point is to manipulate you. Yeah. Um, and people are really good at it. Advertising has been around for a long time. And now there's the it smartest works. engineers in the world, you know, trying to get you to click on stuff. This is very much a thing. And so I just, I just don't want to participate in that. It's amazing how much talent is trying to get us to click on ads too. It's really crazy. I know. It's really crazy. And then it's been this way for so long now. Like this is... Still the most valued jobs in the world, right? In, in tech are at Facebook and Google. Yeah, I mean, Facebook and Google are ad tech companies. Yep. In a way, everyone is working towards that goal. No matter what they tell you or however, whatever exciting side projects they have, it all feeds into the, they're an ad tech company. 90% mm -hmm. of their revenue is ads. So yeah, cool. They built Chrome so they could track you across all your devices, right? I mean, thank God they, it's better than Internet Explorer. It's a better, better product, but... Now they could track what you're looking at no matter what device you're on because you log into the browser. So Chrome tracks you across, which was not the case before. And now, and then they built Android and the phones to, you know, provide a lower entry point and a more open access point to the internet and cheaper phones for everybody. Again, everyone that gets on the internet files into their ad tech business so they can have this like seemingly good goal or honorable goal and they can look virtuous. But in the end, it it like it all like fits neatly under the that's you know that's why it all fits neatly under the banner of the more people that are on the internet, the more people that are going to use Google, the more money that we get, the more competition in the eyeball market for ads. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and just just the manipulation of ads, like trying to get people to buy shit, trying to like churn out more stuff. It's like so uncompelling to me. You know, what do you, you know, I'm trying to buy less stuff. <laughs> it's the whole. It's <laughs> I like, don't want this. It's stuff. like how I start every day is like. Uh, don't buy stuff <laughs> I just, it, like there's very few days in in life where you don't actually buy anything and i think i, I try to maximize those days like it feels good to go to bed it's like i did not buy anything today maybe i front loaded it maybe i bought everything on sunday you know i pick one day of the week to buy stuff but just when you when you go through life and don't have to buy something and can kind of just exist with what you have it's so nice it's so it's so refreshing i don't com feel compelled to like purchase more shit and when i there's Save nothing worse the than thing. getting back to your room too and seeing like god i have way too much shit there's just like just full of yeah. stuff and like yeah looking around like what can nothing i get feels rid of better than getting rid of your getting rid of stuff i know one of the good things about moving and moving light just like don't move all your shit just get rid of your shit sell it sell it yeah and then reevaluate what do you really need and every time you do it you kind of just you get it down to the 10 or 20 items that you need like need a nice bed need a desk you know i have a hobby i like books i buy books don't need much after that right don't need a giant tv i'm, I, I'm excited i'm 
Fine. I'm content with my giant monitor. Yep. <laughs> I'm content with the thousands of dollars of shit I already have. <laughs> Look yeah, at me, yeah. how, how virtuous I am. I only have two guitars. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What restraint. I only have two. <laughs> let's say you want to turn out your room and beautify it. And let's say that all you have is just a little room. Like you're not rich, but you've got your damn room and you've got this space right in front of you that's a part of the cosmos that you can come to grips with. Well, a room is a place to sleep. And so if you set your room up properly, then you figure out how to sleep and when you should sleep and how you should sleep. And you figure out when you should wake up. And then you figure out, well, what clothes you should wear because they have to be arranged properly in your dresser. And then you have to have some place to put your clothes. If you're going to have some clothes, you have to figure out what you're going to wear that's the other thing is scott galloway has this thing that he says like creepy is relevant the more relevant ads are to you like the more creepy they are and the more creepy ads feel to you is just because they're super relevant yeah um i usually turn all yeah. that stuff off like uh targeted you know advertising i think it's it's like it's more of an it's like an uncanny valley effect yeah like you know you know like the uncanny valley for like cgi characters right yeah. like on if they're nowhere near human they're like toy story they're like super cute um, and then the closer they get to being human, but not quite human, the creepier it is. Creepy, 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 creepy. And then there's like those like, like the weird robot on Silicon Valley, like that AI girl. Yeah. And like uh, uh, Polar Express where the CGI wasn't quite good enough or like Beowulf. Remember when that came right, out yes. and they had like a fully CGI Angelina Jolie and it's just like creepy. It's super creepy. But then if they nail it and it actually is identical like behaving and has identical behavior to a human then all of a sudden it's like oh i can't tell the difference doesn't matter i think i think ads might the targeting of ads is kind of a similar thing where on the one end if it's not targeted at all it's like a billboard that doesn't bother me at all well all ads bother me but it doesn't it doesn't disturb me at all um that there's like this billboard oh i'm driving by but then as it gets targeted like oh i was just talking about bar stools the other day and amazon is now showing me bar stools everywhere that's fucking creepy but then that's like the uncanny valley and then the the gold the gold standard would be like what if it was so good that amazon showed you one bar stool and it was the bar stool you and you did want to buy you'd be like oh this is fucking great like what how did it this is literally the perfect bar stool it somehow figured that out based on my search history Mm -hmm. you know and then it's like it's like the perfect human it's like wow if, if a friend recommends you something and it's like an amazing recommendation it doesn't bother you at all it's also Stop, stop trying to get me to pay attention to you kind of thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. these companies are hiring an, S, an SF. And it's like, fuck you. I know that you know that I live in the Bay Area. Like, and I know that you know that like, you know, I've made whatever, a couple of LinkedIn updates. Uh, and so now you're targeting me with, you know, get hired in the Bay Area. It's like, fuck you. Like, now, now you're like preying on my subconscious of like how, or preying on my insecurities of should I make more money or should I go work somewhere else? And it's like, just get get out of there get get out of my feed get out of this yeah yeah there's different levels of jarring when when someone advertises for something that i don't care about it's just like it's kind of a nation right it's that fundamental just like i don't like ads this is trying to get me to buy something i don't want to buy but i don't mm, i'm not gonna buy it anyway so whatever it's the ads (laughs) that work that i'm like well fuck you (laughs) you just you (laughs) bastard how dare you yeah (laughs) you just like (laughs) you just hijacked my brain that is not okay. And I'll take I'll take six, but I'm not happy about yeah. it. <laughs> uh, I think I think the one that, that sticks in my mind for that is the morning recovery. Remember this? Yeah, morning so recovery. I was bring that up too. Yeah, <laughs> morning recovery. So I know the whole story, right? I was like in on the ground floor. I was like, you know, I'm a, I'm a morning recovery hipster, and I don't really think morning recovery, which is a hangover cure drink that you're supposed to take 
after a night of drinking before you go to bed and it's a bunch of b vitamins um i don't think it works all that well i'm just like Mm -hmm. haven't really done the testing but i don't think it works all that well anyway no morning recovery was at least it doesn't go ahead it doesn't blow past drinking a full glass of water and taking three ibuprofen before you pass out yeah yeah exactly and they cost like three dollars a piece or whatever something like that but I remember, you know, ex-Tesla engineer creates company, <laughs> you know, and, and apparently these are super popular in South Korea because they drink a bunch and uh, they have all these morning recovery drinks by the alcohol. And we didn't have anything like that, this, you know, in the States. And so he creates this and million dollars of sales in the first day or whatever, you know, tons of Facebook ads, et cetera. And uh, it, it definitely got me. I'm definitely like, oh, man, I've never had anything like this before, like this. The packaging is nice. Nobody knows about it. Like they know my, I guarantee you like the targeted ads knew my age and my, uh, you know, probably my drinking they knew you were, habits. You were a, they knew you were an Elon fanboy and you wanted him to have your babies. Yep. Exactly. And they were like, like, boom. Ex Tesla engineer. They know I like money. And they're like, oh, well, this company <laughs> makes money. <laughs> it's like, well, my brain didn't put two and two together. It's like, why does this company make money? Oh, because they're fucking advertising to people that'll pay it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm the reason they're making money. The advertising algorithm just picks up on all your worst tenants yep. and then advertises to you based on those. Yep. Like, oh, I'm a vain, drug abusing, hipster millennial gentrifier. Yeah. Vegan cupcakes to your door. God damn it. Free. Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> we, one week free of free vegan cupcakes and then it's twenty nine ninety nine a month. <laughs> yeah, it's a subscription. Yeah, service, of, course. of course. You gotta have recurring <laughs> revenue, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I took these. I, I, I mean, I'll never buy them again. I know that it was like, this was a purchase. This was like a, a, a purchase that was like, with the, with the mindset that, oh, this could integrate into my life. Like, this might be able to be yeah. a new thing that I buy and, like, identify with. It's like an e-commerce company, yep. whatever. And just it just suckered me in, man. <laughs> just we, I, I, we both bought these, right? And a bunch of people did, I think. Yeah. I'm not saying it was snake oil. Yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't, like, work or that there's nothing of value here. Yeah, no, here, I agree. But I don't want it. Like, I don't need this. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. No, I'm, I'm like, I think I ended up buying a dozen or maybe two dozen in total um and i don't regret it at all i'm happy i tried it Mm -hmm. i would recommend i wouldn't like give it a full thumbs up recommendation you have to have this and drink it like it's amazing it cures the hangover like i don't regret trying it i tried it i bought it another time and then i was kind of like and do i want another one not really kind of like you said like it didn't if it made a difference it wasn't super out of the league of just taking better care of yourself having it's probably a better life system to just have one less drink yeah (laughs) whenever you go out and you save money um, but it is just the fact that I did try that is like the advertising working, right? It's like, mm-hmm. could, could I have told that before I started? Probably. I probably didn't need to try, you know, to stick with it for the period I did. Yeah. yeah and it's just like a uh, consumptive no thing. Just, it just twisted my consumptive instinct in the exact right way to get me to buy something I didn't need. It's like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. Ah, oh, got me. Yep. Bastards. Got 50 bucks out of me. Yep. They did it. They fucking did it. I haven't been able to keep up with Chapo Trap House because they just put out so much content.
just can't always keep up with it. But there was a huge win in New York last week. Ocasio-Cortez, uh, Democratic Socialist, ousted this incumbent old white guy center Democrat. Um, and she just destroyed him uh, in the Democratic primary here. And so like, that was like a super exciting thing. And I was like, I, I woke up that morning and I saw that news and I was like, holy shit. I'm also, we talked earlier in, a, in an episode about uh, Zelnor, who's someone who's also running kind of in a similar place, trying to out like an incumbent Democrat who's not really pushed for change in the way that we need it. Right. It's exciting to see like Ocasio win and like there's definitely a momentum building for these, these farther left politicians. And like her story is so awesome. She's 28 years old, which just seems so attainable, right? It's only a couple of years older than us. She's got great ideas from what I've, I've seen of her. And she's just like passionate and just this young, smart as fuck girl that just gave the boot to this old white guy who's been doing it for 20 years. And I woke up and I saw that news. And I was so jazzed. I like sent a bunch of uh, my friends messages and my parents. I was like, check this out. Like pretty damn cool. Um, and then four hours later, I get a text because most of my social network here in New York is now lawyers <laughs> through, through circumstance. Mm -hmm. And so I, of course, then my phone was then lighting up because all of my lawyer friends were, oh shit, uh, Justice Kennedy is retiring. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was like, oh man, it was all this in one day. And I knew, I knew Chapo was the remedy I needed. The whole episode was about these two things. Uh, so uh, what, a, what a roller coaster of a day. And back listening to Chapo while politics are spiking up for the, the midterms here. Right. Chapo was probably antidote to most things in the world it's just kind of the nihilist bent nihilist marxism that i need to uh take me down a peg but also just laugh and it's witty and make references to weird ass shit that nobody's ever heard of um they're like oh i remember reading that book that you just referenced uh, in lit class in senior year of high school like that it paid off <laughs> reading whatever <laughs> you know fucking uh, Zora Neale Hurston book paid off because <laughs> I, I got that reference on Chapo. I got that reference. Yeah, I get that. I get that. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, the Chapo talking about Ocasio Cortez and Chapo itself, and then Chapo also talking about um, XXX Tentacion. I don't know if you know who XXX Tentacion is. Do you have any idea? No, I haven't heard those. No. Okay. <laughs> this is because this blew my mind too. This is the, like the moment I realized I was old. This is the moment well, I realized I am not with the zeitgeist anymore. I, I'm, I'm off it. Like the kids, I can refer to the kids, <laughs> the young people. <laughs> I can now do it. Tentacion is this rapper from Florida who was just murdered. And he was apparently super popular with the young crowd, right? SoundCloud rappers. And shot up the charts on Spotify and is super bad dude. Like not a good guy. Like very like mentally unstable and would like... He was like very convicted of domestic abuse and would like do horrible things to his pregnant girlfriend and it was just not it was not mm. good he's just not a good dude but then young people the coveted youtube group of like 13 to 18 kind of loved this guy and he shot up to like whatever 15 number 15 maybe even higher artist in the world on spotify and has just hundreds of millions of plays on this like soundcloud rap that i don't think is any good <laughs> and uh they oh and chapo had an episode on this and because they talked to a reporter who had just written this big story on XXX Tentacion, uh, kind of detailing his life and his rise to success, um, and then and then like a few days later, he was like shot and killed in Florida, and so they had this reporter on just like talking about her experience interviewing this person and like traveling around with him and talking about popularity and like this person was you know convicted of domestic abuse, like clearly not mentally stable, 
person, but all the same, you know, in the realm of Me Too, like at the same time, we can have a Me Too movement and we can have huge, you know, Logan Paul like zeitgeist movement from 13 to 18 mm-hmm. year olds propelling someone to, you know, just infinite stardom like almost overnight. Yeah regardless of how they are as a person or like what even really what they produce and there's just kind of like this popularity removed from all all other motives right it's like popularity for popularity's sake it's like just like a pure it's like the pure play for popularity you know and and it's kind of um this like weird experiment in how to live what to make and how to even just like navigate your life as this popularity is in itself kind of a a good like it's a it's a thing that if you're popular you can do just popular you don't have to have anything else and that like begets mm. itself you know as a kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy you know kim kardashian example but like how could it be otherwise though like i so maybe what you're trying to say is like stuff being popular that can be totally separate from the soul of the con like the soul of it or like what the actual thing the person's making is like that can be totally empty and just a husk and the popularity is it's not justified at all but it's enough to yeah you know it's a difference between like a chapo trap house episode and like logan paul where there's just like nothing here it's just void right 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 like how on earth is this a hundred million thing that million dollar thing that people are you know sinking billions of hours into it's just a void of like nothingness yeah and there and there will always be this thing there will always be like a minimum amount of popularity that has to go around that has to be like shared right there's like a certain number of hours you can put stores stuff so it like kind of congregates around people and we we think chapo is popular because it's good right and i i you know that's kind of what i believe is that it's well this is really popular because it's really good i enjoy this and i pay them um and i listen to most of Chapo and a lot of other people do because it's good. And that's the same thing with a lot of things, right? People watch Game of Thrones because it's good. It's popular because it's good. It's popular because it's good. And then you have these things come out where it's like, I think, I think people think this is good because it's popular, right? I think it's, I, mm. it completely inverts that mechanism where because it's popular, it's good. Because it's like, it, it's not great. It's not like there's only so good music can be, right? It can't be like, <laughs> can't be like, life-changing to everyone all at once i don't think you know it's yeah it, and and i don't think xxx tentacion's music is that maybe it is to some teenagers but maybe it's the right place at the right time but i think it's like and it's a weird inversion of popularity where it's it's popular not because it's good but because it's popular and it kind of just feeds itself yeah. in this like it, it just hits this feedback loop and, and and spirals out of control super fast um and, yeah. and, and I think that's like a weird phenomenon to observe is that you can you can have like a feedback loop of popularity without any substance. And that's just kind of a maybe maybe a social phenomenon that's propelled by the Internet. But I, I don't know really where I'm going with this, but, um, you know, popular something feels off about it. Yeah. Pop- something feels off about this popularity feedback thing spiraling out of control where it's just like we can build these people up super fast, but we don't really have a way to take them down really fast. Mm-hmm. Not that anyone should be necessarily taken down, but it does seem like, a th- you know, you get big and then the whole thing can go to shit and it can ride out for years, whatever it is. Um, interesting. And yeah. And so there's like things you could do to just try to hijack that popularity feedback loop. I think, um, I think paid advertising. <laughs> yeah. I think it's still yeah. pretty random. And that's another kind of scary part of it is that it feels really random. 
it feels like this you know this person is not really any better than any other soundcloud rapper out there you know why him um yeah and then it kind of just exposed me to like because i brought it up at work i was like oh do you guys see that xxx tentacion died and i just found out who this person was and like read the story and i was like wow this is crazy and i can't believe i never heard any of this and then there's like we have a young intern at our office and she's like dude that happened like three days ago you're like way behind <laughs> and i was like oh god i'm old oh my god i'm old and then i like look, look up. I, I don't you were telling me about this stuff and it's I, first of all i didn't recognize half the services he was on and then i'm like yeah and i never heard of this guy yeah yeah ever and then i look up like rel, you know on spotify i'm like looking up and it's like related artists um and i'm like here's 20 artists that are related they all have multi-million uh monthly listeners um some of them in the tens of millions of monthly listeners and i've never heard any of their music any of their names this is just like a i was just like blown away that i was completely i'm on spotify like i'm on these platforms it's not like a, it's not like a uh you know, I'm not like shutting myself off from media. It's not like not following the news and then not knowing what's going on. It's like I'm in music. I listen to a lot of music and I had no idea about any of these SoundCloud rappers that are just like millionaires and like super popular and, you know, have all these millions of followers and plays and lives that uh, are, are just like kind of taking advantage of this. You know, the King uh, SoundCloud rapper is uh, Post Malone, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like that's where he came from one of those like soundcloud stories right where he he's talked about it before on the h3 podcast like one of the first ones he did mm -hmm. it's like first of all post malone is i mean like his music or not but he's super young yeah um i want to like look up his age quick um but he he talks about the story of how this happened to him of like he was like a trailer park trash white kid that who had a soundcloud that wasn't even that popular and he was like decent at music and then he posted um he put up uh, White Iverson. I think that was his first song. Mm -hmm. And it was like overnight went ultra viral on SoundCloud, which like, first of all, like I, I, a ton of people listen to music, never go on SoundCloud. So it is wild that there's this, is this like underground, there's this group of people that likes the stuff that's like fresh out, you know, they love the discovery of it, of finding this, these unknown people. Yeah. And it got, I, I got a, I don't know the number, but it was like billions of view of listens overnight on SoundCloud, and and Post Malone literally woke up the next day, and it was huge. Like right, it was like oh shit, fifty billion views. Like put it on YouTube, they made a music video. He put on another quick one or two, quickly got billions of views, um, and he like really like gained audience from SoundCloud and YouTube, and being on these like quirky YouTube shows, and now he's just dominating the Billboard charts. Mm -hmm. Like he put like he he is like in a lot of ways ousted um uh drake as like you know drake was the kind of the guy that every time he put out an album it was just the whole freaking billboards were covered with it and post Malone was like the first one to come up out of nowhere he's 22 now he's 22 wow and and all of his songs now he puts out an album and it just takes over um and it's just massive yeah no but just out of nowhere overnight can you imagine he's 22 years old he has face tattoos from living in the trailer park yeah. like and he, he's actually like a really like I've, in the podcast I listened to on he's like a super humble like chill guy it's kind of like interesting to hear him hear his story but it's just you can't even imagine that kind of overnight like him and his entire family are set for life and every child he'll ever have unless he fucks it up you know yeah yeah no and he seems super down to earth like that's the crazy thing about post malone is that like I, you know he'd probably be a pretty cool guy to hang out with um post malone was the one i was going to bring up that's like the only related artist that i know of Mm. um and 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 then i i just like post malone you know he's kind of like 
floated around. You you probably were the first one to recommend me to him, but he's on the H3 podcast and the whole Logan Paul beef, whatever, like bullshit that, yeah. you know, it's like, like this is this is kind of why I don't know who Tentacion is, is because I was like, I, I felt compelled to follow some Logan Paul bullshit. And I was like, all right, I'm done with this. This is all, <laughs> this, is, this is just a complete waste of time. Uh, all these people are horrible. Um, and, and so I kind of knew who Post Malone was and I was like, listen to him, and I'm like, wow, this is good. This is good music. Um, and I have some friends that listen to Post Malone. And then I looked him up when I was looking up, like, the, all these rappers I've never heard of that have just tens of millions of followers on Spotify. Um, and Post Malone mm-hmm. is number five, of like, worldwide on monthly followers yeah. on Spotify. I was like, oh, my goodness. I did not know. Because uh, I've asked friends, like, do you know who Post Malone is? And they're like, oh, I have no idea. Um, yeah. and, like, and then I expected that. I was like, oh, yeah, I mean why would why would people know who post malone is and then i'm like because he's like you know it's just kind of this niche rapper or whatever he looks kind of weird and um I, you know i found out about him through some weird avenue of like youtube uh so there's no reason yeah. everyone has to know about this person but if i ask people who if they know who drake is they're like oh yeah i know who drake is of course i know who drake is yes drake but, but he's like past drake on the spotify followers it's like it's it's yeah. wild Dude, you know, it's wild. I was reading an article uh, last week about the markets that are popping up on Spotify and just Spotify's sheer influence now on the music industry, right? It's gone so, it got so big that now it has unbelievable influence on what songs even make the Billboard charts. Yeah. It used to be there like this, you know, just underground music player. And now they're so big and so many people listen to Spotify all day, every day at work, et cetera, that um, Spotify and its playlists can totally alter what becomes popular Mm -hmm. and they because they are becoming the music platform right that's what all these like aggregator companies like they they're set up the network effects are set up that there's going to be one that dominates right yep um that you know all it would take is for spotify to tweak their algorithms and they could change who becomes popular who makes it um and and the article was talking about how one of the, the biggest features that went like viral on spotify that really helped them just balloon was the playlists feature where you can make your own playlist, other people can share them and follow them, and your playlist can get popular kind of in a similar way that uh, a YouTube channel could, where you get subscribers to your playlist and you know you're constantly you know refreshing it, taking stuff out, adding new stuff in, and they get really big. And if you are like a, a person who the article is talking about, how there are people who have created these private playlists or you know public playlists they've shared that they still curate and have ownership over. Um, and they have millions of followers, what song you put on your playlist can skyrocket it up right. the charts and popularity. And so people now are like, re- these people have become like influencers mm-hmm. on Spotify's platform and they get reached out to by artists and booking agencies and stuff like that. And they try and say like, look, we'll give you, we'll give you 15 grand to pop this young artist song onto your playlist because they know that this playlist gets 10 million views a month. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you save this playlist on your Spotify account. It's like your go-to at work. And the guy who created it and curates it still is in like a big position of power to influence um, what gets discovered and what doesn't. It's super interesting. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I, I read another similar article about Spotify and these playlists and that like Nike, you know, will have playlists and Pepsi mm-hmm. will have playlists and things like that. And they'll kind of do the reverse where they will take an artist's song and put it on the Pepsi, you know, party playlist. Uh and then that that playlist gets you know millions of hits, and that artist doesn't really get compensated for, you know, one they, they don't want to be associated with Pepsi, you know, there's like they uh. they like had no control over their song being co-opted for something, uh, for some corporate you know 
reason. And then viral marketing. Yeah, exactly. And so they're like, but they know that uh, you have to be big on Spotify. Like you have to be on Spotify to be anyone in the music industry. Um, and they pay artists pretty horribly. Like the artist compensation from Spotify is not not good. Um, just because mm-hmm. they have this huge pool to draw from, right? It's just, um, you know, if you want to be on there, if you want to be in the music business, you have to be on Spotify. And because there's a lot of people that want to be in the music business, uh, everyone's on Spotify. And so they don't have to pay any one particular artist well because they have millions of others to fill the, fill the void. And so, mm-hmm. like, these, these artists' songs will get co-opted by, you know, a Nike playlist. And they're like, well, I don't support anything Nike does. I'm, a, I'm very anti-Nike. And my song is on their playlist. And, like, I have no recourse to get it off unless I just take it off Spotify. And so, like, you have, like, these kind mm-hmm. of uh, the reverse corporatization of it and, um, and, and, no, yeah. and no recourse for artists. And then the other criticism is that Spotify has just become these playlists right it's it's like muzak it's like i'm guilty of this too is just throwing on you know the deep focus playlist or the uh chill hop lo-fi beats playlist you know yeah and it's kind of just like emotional wallpaper it kind of just like goes with whatever i'm doing at the time um i you know i prefer this playlist to that playlist to what i do and i'm, I'm totally in the spotify ecosystem like fully and i will probably never leave that's where i'm gonna get my music um, but it is kind of this just kind of homogenization, uh, potential homogenization of all music into, um, you know, elevator music for the right circumstance. And it's, um, you know, it's a little... I don't know. I, I mean, I agree that I think the playlist feature, I feel like Spotify got lucky with the playlist feature and they've written it out a little too long now. It's like, okay, what's next? Like, I'm getting the same kind of feeling like... Uh, apple you know it's like okay you put headphones out like the iphone's been the same for a decade like you know what's the next ipod what's the next thing apple you know mm-hmm. and everyone's kind of thinking that like what's the next big thing um and i think spotify is kind of in a similar spot where yeah playlists are too influential um i, I don't even think the feature is laid out that well like it's unclear what's public and private and i still think it's pretty difficult to discover new playlists i don't think spotify is that great of search the search is pretty shitty and like the recommendation stuff like their recommendation stuff in a playlist or in a radio is amazing. Like I've discovered and gone to so many concerts from Spotify discovering this music for me right, that it right. anticipates I'll like, but it's discovery of playlists to listen to. And in like, and that involves like just searching for stuff I think is pretty poor. Um, Cause I do think, I, th- I do think Spotify is in a place where, so yes, like what you're saying, it could, if they're not careful, just homogenize everything. And we just have these like, what are you doing right now? Like, we'll play the perfect music for you. Like, you lose all agency in the music discovery and music listening process. That's definitely something that it could move towards. But it's also, like, in the perfect position to actually really accelerate indie people and smaller people that would have never gotten a brand deal. Would have, ne- you know, like, these SoundCloud kids that are, like, putting beats out and becoming popular. And, and you know, Spotify could pick up on their talent and their um, potential way sooner put them in the right spot and skyrocket them up and like really increase the like amount of diversity that's coming out of music too. Um, and so I think there, there, there is potential for that too. It's not all danger. I think they could really do it right. I think they could pull like a Netflix style thing where Netflix now is kind of getting a bit, Netflix is kind of like diluting their brand a bit with like all the, they're kind of putting out a lot of meh content recently. Mm-hmm. Like where's the next house of cards? But Netflix does like their whole system of I'll think of all the great shows Netflix has delivered. So I think Spotify could become that for music. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love Spotify. I will use it for a long time. I've used it for a long time, and I will pay for it and whatever. Also, they have podcasts now, and they're pushing. They're, those are open, I think. So I think uh, listen to us on Spotify eventually. <laughs> I might. <laughs> I'm going to explore that. How do you feel about Spotify's podcasting setup? Do you listen to podcasts on Spotify? I've never listened to a podcast on Spotify. I just love Overcast so much, and I kind of like having podcasts and music separate. Um, I don't really lump them together in my head. I, I listen to them at very different times. And I love Overcast and Marco Armand's like this indie developer who makes the best podcast app in the world. And, and, and he is rolling out new features. There's Twitter recommendations and, you know, smart playlists and things like that. So I will stick with Overcast for a while, I think. But yeah, uh, but they are playing super hard into podcasts. You know, it's natural, of course, to get on there. And I think they were originally going to just do like the, you know, Freakonomics, uh, stuff like that. But now I think they've opened it up that everyone can put their podcast on there because it's kind of the ethos of podcasts mm. is that anyone can participate in the space. Just like music, you know, you can put your music on Spotify pretty easily. So to me, it's, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like the, I, I've never listened to a podcast on Spotify and I don't think it's that great. This is another example of like, this seems like, and just like we were talking about earlier in the episode, this seems like the place that like the fruit is hanging so low. There are so many basic features that would make podcast listening better that even places like uh, Overcast with just Marco working on it has some of these. But it's like, why does Spotify just have this plain kind of shitty interface for podcasts? Like this seems, there's so much low-hanging fruit. Why? It, it feels to me like an MVP more so than like an honest attempt at improving the experience right. of listening to podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like they added podcasts in, in their current form as just like a, another aggregator, right? Another like shitty aggregator of, yeah. of RSS feeds. Whereas like it could have been, well, I think they were trying to like monetize it, right? I think they were just trying to like make it so that they could only have, you could only have like the good produced podcasts on there and then try to get those podcasts to like pay to be on there or whatever, or like, you know, do mm-hmm. co-branding or do ads over it. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. And I guess I never thought about this is that Spotify without paying for it is ad based. Um, and so if you pay for it or if you don't pay for it and listen to podcasts, then they probably run ads over the podcasts. I'm not sure if that's how it works, um, but I guess that's the same mm. kind of problem that we were talking about before. Um, it comes full circle, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I think, uh, yeah, they didn't really add anything. Plus, podcasts are still a thing that people, at least I feel um, a lot of attachment to, a lot of identity. Like, it's a, mm-hmm. I subscribe to podcasts. Like, I listen to these. I don't listen to those. I listen to every episode. You know, they automatically download. Like, it comes in... You know, it's pushed to me, um, and I opt in to that push. So it's a very, it's much more like personal relationship to the individual podcasts rather than any sort of like music. You know, that's kind of static um, that I or timeless. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it doesn't really need to be pushed to me. But I think um, I think like it just it doesn't fit the way I approach listening to music in that way. And like opting into what music I want to listen to is very different than what podcast i decide to opt into you know it's not i'm not just like browsing yeah. episodes of like what am i going to yeah. listen to right now it's like oh i have like these episodes to listen to this is my backlog of podcasts for these reasons yeah and they haven't really even attempted to solve that problem or or even acknowledge that it's different <laughs> yeah um but then there's like uh like in scott gallery's recent videos like he tries to make the case that spotify should move into like video mm-hmm. and to me that feels again like i would be skeptical if Spotify could pull off video right. content. Other than niche, like, 
um, music, music documentaries or like behind the scenes of an album, or I could see them uh, somehow really cleverly fitting in music videos. That would be cool. But in terms of them becoming like a Netflix style competitor or YouTube competitor, I just don't see it. And I don't know why they would try and step into that space. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It, it seems like it's like a, well, why not do e-commerce then? Why not buy like albums and merch and stuff yeah. through there? And it's like, maybe, um, you know, I think that would actually be a better idea than, than video. If I could yeah, buy merch. Yeah, even that's a better idea than video. Yeah, and I think a way to pay artists, a way to like donate or whatever, some sort of like mechanism to figure connect that out. listeners to artists. Yeah, figure that out. Be the Patreon. Um, yeah. There's so many more interesting things to do than video. Yeah. I get the argument though in that like Spotify is the most valuable real estate in most people's phones. Mm -hmm. It's like right in the dock next to email. Yep. So I get that they, that's like a position of great power and that they should, you know, they should really be thinking about what they can add on, layer on to this cake. Um, but yeah, I don't, think it's, I don't think it's video. Nor do I want to click into the Spotify app and see video. No. And it's interesting. Yeah. No, and apps too, because it is an app, you want it to do one thing really well, right? That's why you have apps. Yeah. You don't want like apps that just do the all all the things in your phone I, I think this is a complete misconception about what apps are you know and there's there's yeah. other examples of apps that like try to do too, way too much you know like the amazon app is trying to do way too fucking much um it's just like yeah. there's just not that much you can do in an app right it's it's a yeah. limiting factor and that's a good thing right you this is why you can have a thousand of them on your phone because they all do one thing really well this is what makes a phone good is because you can have specialized features for things that do that one thing really well you know, and so I don't yeah. get if you're if you're prime real estate as an app, like leverage that, like work harder to stay there. You know, if you if you yeah. get to that point, you did something right. You did one thing really well and you kick something else that's doing something not as well or trying to do too much off of it. Um, I think like disaggregating things into multiple apps um, to try to focus and do everything from UI to back end really well is the whole fucking point of apps. Um, so yeah, if yeah. you're trying to like just one-stop shop, like Spotify is my merch store and video player. Like, no, don't, no, no, thanks. <laughs> I don't want a merch store on my, on, next to my email. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. And then you could kind of take the model of like Facebook or Google where they, they, they have to actually separate out their apps. Yep. Like how many apps does Google have? It's obnoxious, you know? Um, and so, yeah, that's for the reason you just said there, it's, I think Scott's a little off base on that one. Hmm. Yeah, people think of it as like a service, right? And that you can, oh, well, if it's just ubiquitous service, then we should do everything. And this is Amazon's model, right? Oh, it's like, yeah, if we, if we just put Amazon everywhere forever and then and then make it do anything <laughs> people want it to, then then they'll always be here um, and and we'll, we'll uh, be able to monetize them on every turn. Um, but it, it, you run out of runway pretty quick trying to do that because you just, there's going to be that thing that you don't do well. Um, Amazon was the phone, you know, they tried to be the hardware Co product and they just, I mean, they just fucking nosedived and, uh, and, and you're just going to hit that. You're not going to be good at everything. You can't buy your way to be good at everything. Nor should you. <clears throat> Nor should you. No mix of words or music or memories can touch that sense of knowing that you were there and alive. There and alive. There and alive. There and alive. In that corner.